Um, the Barnsley got a reserve, well, a few of the players played in a reserve game in the week and came through that, which is good. So Barnsley's completed 90 minutes, which is good, and that's pleasing. Uh, Charlie Taylor, Johan, making good progress, trained today, but unlikely to figure um, at the weekend. And Vids is just behind them, um, but making good progress. So, you know, them three are, are getting closer, and certainly Charlie and um, uh, Johan are getting uh, a lot closer. Oh, that, that's good. Uh, with with uh, a bit of a scare against Liverpool, came off on in the back of his knee, I think. Any news on him? Yeah, we're expecting him to be okay. Um, he's trained just a light training session today, but incredibly professional um, sort of uh, person that he is. Um, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Obviously, you know his stats, but uh, I've been doing a bit of research, unlike me. I think uh, in three games so far, more shots than, than any other only player eight and more chances created three I know you'll say that's his job but it's not always that a player from abroad can come and fit into the Premier League so quickly is it well, it's nice of you to answer for me to say that was his job. Um, the, I thought there was a question in there. I would suggest that we brought him in for the reasons that we felt he could operate within the side and add to what the side does. Um, apart from not scoring, he has added to what the side does, and that's obvious. Um, I, don't, I don't think, look, we, we all look at stats, but sometimes it's on the visual presence of a player as well. And I think visually his performances have been good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then you add in the stats and you think, yeah, actually, that's a, a player who's very motivated to come in and, and make a difference. And, uh, and so far he's doing that. He just, you know, needs a goal probably to, to continue all the good work that he's doing. Yeah, Nick Pope said earlier that, um, you know, watching him running about, putting in all that effort, really, you know, showing that he's fighting for the team. That's inspiring, he beats some of the, some of the other players to show that, you know, they can run about and, 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 and fight for the team as well. I know they probably were doing that anyway, but Nick Pope said it's inspired some of the other players. Yeah, there's, there's never been a lack of effort or commitment to the cause, but I think it's it does add to it when you bring a player in who's, who's new to what you do and yet picks it up very quickly. Um, and, and works very authentically within the group in the training uh, programme that we have, but also in the performances. And I think that's pleasing for us, uh, pleasing for him as an individual, but also pleasing for the other players, you know, to get a player who's come in and hit the ground, running with the culture, the environment which we have here, um, and he's willing to take on the challenge. And I think that's been really obvious by his um, performances so far. And I believe he'll continue to adapt. He's a very bright fellow, very professional fellow, as I mentioned. And I think he'll continue to absorb what's around him and take on the challenge on, on his behalf and our behalf. Because goal scorers love to score, so when, it, when that goal does come, that'll be the, an extra little bit of uh, motivation for him. An extra bit of help. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the key to it for me, I've always said it, is... I never question my players' uh, final moment of truth. I, I only question if they're not getting in the right areas. And he is definitely getting in the right areas. He's being effective. He's effective with possible assists. He's effective with get, creating his own chances and getting in situations that can help the team uh, provide him with a chance. So we want that to continue. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that if that does continue and when it continues, he will get goals. The number of draws you've had, obviously you've had a good run, but maybe, you know, ideally we would have picked up more points from that just you know losing one in the last four but the number of draws that you've had does that mean that the league position is a false position no no the league position is the truth um that's the way the league works um you'd only offer that i think our performances are beyond where we are um, and the, some of the stats are beyond where some of our stats, sorry, our historic stats in the Premier League are beyond where we where we are at the moment. Um, but no, no, the league doesn't lie; it never does. That's the reality of it. 
to draw specialists versus the draw specialists, isn't it? On Saturday, I think Brian, the only team draw more than you this season. Yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're a good outfit. I think they've invested over the last few years. And I think the manager, change of managers, both managers, actually, um, you know, and Chris and then the work that Graham's doing, um, they've, they've, they've added their own feel to it. And I think Graham's doing a really good job there, you know, slowly but surely for them. The last couple of seasons, they've been really close come the end of the season and needed a win or so to get over the line. But they've shown this season that it's that kind of more experience maybe to their group, a bit longer time working with the, the, the coaching and coaching team. Um, they're a good outfit. I mean, uh, you know, I always thought they are. Um, and they've added in their moments that count. And we're, we've never been far away from that ourselves, but there lies the difference. They have, and, and we haven't in on occasions, you know, and I, I think that's been the difference of the season. But they're a good outfit. I like, what, I like what Graham's doing down there and his staff and the players. But like I say, it's another challenge of the Premier League and we know the Premier League well. This is something you've been asked before, of course, and I'm sure you'll be asked again, but it's worth updating every time we have a, a few games. In terms of the, the fight for relegation, you know, Everton, Leeds, Brentford, Palace all, maybe with a chance of being dragged into it. So you're seeing now maybe three from seven? I'm only interested in us. Not bothered about all them. It's uh, our story, our journey. That's all I'm interested in. Are you a boxing fan? Uh, no, I don't know anything hardly about boxing other than the prowess of many of the legends in boxing. Okay, well, I'll ask you my final question. Probably best I'll not to. It. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Gary. Niv, PLP? Hi, Sean. Good afternoon. Hiya. I was wondering how uh, pleased are you with the resiliency your players showed in the last uh, several weeks? We saw it against United, against Liverpool, against Arsenal as well. Yeah, but, um, look, uh, I've not been displeased for the whole season with many of our performances, um, but, but you know, we, we keep going round in circles because you've got to find wins and that's what we haven't done. The actual performance level, the mentality to take on these teams has, has been clear um, by the performances, not always, but often this season. Um, certainly second half against Man United and, and definitely against Liverpool. I mean, I thought actually that's, considering we have beat them on a couple of occasions and drawn with them on a couple, then I think that's probably our strongest performance against the Liverpool side, actually. Um, but we didn't get the win and, and that's kind of been not the story of the whole season, but there's been big parts of the season where we played very well and not won a game. And so the, the mentality is firm, the, the physicality is firm. Our stats were excellent against Liverpool and they're renowned for running hard, but our stats were, were way above theirs and, and that side of things. So there's no lack of effort or intent. It's the lack of moments of truth. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's hard for me as manager because I've had to say this so many times, but I know the stats, I know the facts, I know what my eyes are telling me, I know what my staff are telling me, I get outsiders to come and look at us. And the feedback is, is virtually the same. There's been some dips in the season, we know that, but that's likely for a team like us and many other teams. Um, but there's been periods of real strength and I think the last four games we've, we've had some really strong performances and arguably haven't got what we deserve, but... You just hope that you keep working at it, you keep trying, you keep demanding off the players, they keep demanding off themselves, and then you do get your awards, and that, that's, that makes it a story of the season, because it is often a story of our whole season for us, and it, and it is turning out to be that this season so far. In terms of your real position this weekend, Brighton, what did you make of their performances so far this season, and where they are at the table at the moment? Yeah, I like him. I like what the manager's done there over a, a period. I, I like the fact that he's done it in a slow, methodical manner and, and, you know, been allowed the chance to do that as well because a couple of scenes they've been close, you know, at the end of the season where they've had to win a game, had to nick a couple of points to make sure they're all right. Um, he speaks very well. I think he's very grounded, it seems to me, whenever I meet him. I've um, got a lot of respect for him and I think he's learning, learning what it is in the Premier League and, he's, and his team are somewhat as well. And they have... 
you know, they have got on the right side of the margins, which we haven't so far this season at the right times. And I think in certain games, they have. And I think that's paid them back to where they are now. Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Hello. Beardy. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, more of an existential question. And, and that is actually what I want to ask about, though, because is it difficult these kind of nearly situations where you feel like you're almost there and you've got the stats to back you up in some ways because of the way the human brain is do you kind of torment yourself more is it more psychological difficult when you're in that situation than if you were just really struggling um i think the toughest thing it aligns you with is is you know there's something i've always believed in in management or i've learned actually is sometimes when everyone's clambering to change everything, you sometimes have to see through it and change nothing. And that's the hardest decision to make because we're so close to getting things right, but we haven't got things right. So therefore you're always wondering how far you tinker with it and how far you keep it as is. And, you know, the last four games are a great example of that. You know, we've got three points out of four games, but if you watched the games, you'd think, they've been hard done by to only get three points out of them games, you know. Um, so I, th I think that's the one of the biggest challenges of management is when you do start changing and tinkering and when you don't, sometimes you stick with what you're doing because it will pay you back. And that's sometimes the challenge of it. Then you add in the, as you started with, the stats and the feel and the feedback. Um, and you've still got to sometimes see through all that and not, not change too much. So that's that's part of the challenge and part, I suppose, of the, the skill of being a manager. You know, when when's right to change for what reason and when's, tried to, uh, when's right to stick with what you believe is, is working other than the change in results. And that will come if you're doing things right. Um, so anyway, that's the debate with my staff, um, less so with the players, but certainly with the staff, the ongoing debate of what shall we change for what reason or do we need to stick with what we really believe in and, and just shown to, to show itself well for us over these years. Do you think that earlier in your management or coaching career, you might have changed something? You, you might have kind of bowed to that, not necessarily pressure, but that feeling of needing to change something, even though what you see perhaps says otherwise? We've changed many times here. It's just that people, it's an easier story for people to just say that we don't. So I've never fought against it. I've let them say whatever they wish to say because everyone has their opinion. Hey, Stevie DeFore was with us for a week last week and he was he was properly like, wow, you know, because he was a player. He, you know, players don't understand the amount that goes in, the amount of chat, the amount of feedback from the staff, the amount of process, the amount of decision-making, the amount of different ways of looking at the team, who can play here, who can play there, different ways of operating. And, and other times you go back to the simplicity of getting your best players in the right slots, you know, and that can sometimes be as simple as it gets. So there's an ongoing debate for all managers, all staff of, of what you mess around with, what you leave alone. Um, I think the idea of experience, it just helps you balance it out a bit more. Um, you know, the feedback, the decision making, the process, if you like, and stay... I think experience maybe just gives you a bit more calmness, a bit more clarity to your thoughts. But when when all noises are around you, um, I don't, as you well know, Biddy, I don't I don't read all the noise. You know, I know what I do. I know what my staff do. I know what the players do, um, and I really focus on that. Uh, but as I've told you before, people will let you know what the noise is saying, and quite readily, it's the strangest thing in life. You know, they'll certainly send you messages. Oh, did you read that? Did you hear this? And you go All right. You don't weren't, weren't always sending that when we were seventh in the league. So uh, they're like the twist in the tail of the psychology of human beings. Is it important to be able to switch off from it? To be able to do something that's just not football related? Not necessarily consciously ignore the football side of it, but have other stuff going on? Yeah, well, I think that's another thing that comes with uh, more experience and, and age as well. 
Um, you know, you, you've got to find a balance to what you do. It is tough at times, particularly when you're not winning, of course. You know, wins make everything feel just a little bit better um, around you, your life and everything. Um, but I think I've not been too bad with that ever since I've been doing it, you know. And as a player, I, I always, I felt, I, I, I actually felt I needed to switch off. I wasn't football obsessed when I was a player watching every minute of every game. I'm not as a manager because I personally think to stay um, hungry for what I do, I need a break to just step away. Um, you know, and there's various things that you do to do that, you know, many different things. But it's not easy because you still, you know, as I, when I say the word break, by the way, I don't remotely mean that you just go, oh, well, and you shut off. It's still there. It's still just rolling around at the back of your mind. But you just learn to calm that down and, you know, and change your view of whatever the moment is and, and take some form of a rest from it. Um, but it's still always there, to be honest. It's still just revolving around inside you. Is it the same for players? You mentioned you're all yeah. playing dead now. Yeah, I think so. I mean... Like I say, I, I wasn't football obsessed as in watching every minute, as I said, of every game, but it's still there and you're still watching what you eat and you're still watching, you know, your rest and you're still, you know, even in my day, it's changed a lot, you know, but even when I was playing, particularly at the last sort of five years or so, um, I think particularly when I was at Millwall, actually, the diet side started coming in really strong and I started, I was really into that, the fitness side, looking after myself. So yeah, the, you, you know, the next game is never far away. So you are watching what you eat, how you rest, you know, whether you can switch off a bit, the times if you if you have a couple of beers or whatever, um, you know, that you are monitoring that all the time. So not always your performance, sometimes the prep for the next performance, you know, um, whereas as a manager, it's more about the actual performance, not so much the prep. There's lots of staff members who can keep an eye on the prep. I still oversee it, um, but it's the actual performance and what we need to get that performance. I know from years of experience that playing Walker with you would be a bad idea, Sean, because you don't give too much away. But as far as the, the sort of toll of the position that you're in in the season that's been so far, is it as stressful as it's been? Well, the easiest one to answer by the poker, I don't gamble. So uh, it'd be a really tough game to play poker with someone who doesn't gamble. Um, so I think I'm good at the poker face if I'm not sitting at the table. The, the, no, the, look, the... It's a weird job to explain, you know, football management. And that's why I have total respect for every manager, no matter what the level is. You know, I know managers from across from the non-league scene right the way through all the divisions. I have respect for all of them. It's not always about like or dislike. It's just a total respect because it's, a, it's such a peculiar job. You know, I've said many times, it's one of the rare jobs. I, I, I mean, there must be others out there. But one of the rare jobs where people actually tell you what you're doing wrong. And you're like, what, what do you do for a living? And they go, I'm a whatever, let's say not football manager. And yet they actually tell you what's wrong. I don't tell the doctor what's wrong. I don't tell the lawyer what's wrong. I don't tell the plumber what's wrong. I don't tell the electrician what's wrong. I ask him, but I don't tell him. So it's a peculiar job in that sense. And you, but you learn to deal with that. You learn to deal that people are so involved in their clubs and their teams. And, you know, they get so into it that they actually start telling you what you're doing wrong. Not very often right. They like to say what's going wrong. Um, now and again, right, to be fair, especially the Burnley fans, I must say, they do they do tell you when it's going right and what they're enjoying and all that sort of stuff. But you understand the train of thought, you know, but you just learn to deal with it over the years and it just becomes part of your life and part of your job and part of your responsibility. Uh, on Brighton, you mentioned recruitment. <coughs> Recruitment-wise, have they found a good balance of bringing players in but being able to integrate them into something that they've been working on for a while with the personnel that they've got? I think they've had a huge risk and reward there because it's, you know, the, the one that we've spoken about and I've spoken about openly for our club here is that you don't really hear about the players that haven't done well who they spent, you know, tens and tens of millions on. You hear about the ones that are doing well. So they have recruited sometimes where it hasn't gone well, but they have kept at it. They have kept recruiting and kept recruiting and kept 
putting the hand in their pocket to try and get the right balance. Then I think you had the, the coaching teams, varying ones. Obviously, I know Chris, a good operator, very good operator in, uh, in many ways. And then Graham's come in to give it his feel. Um, and I think slowly but surely, they've found a model that works for them. And that's appropriate for that club. Um, big backers put a lot of money into the whole club, not just the team, as you know, the stadium and everything have done an amazing job. It must be said, the, 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 the back in there, you know, the financial back in have done an amazing job. Um, Back to the moment in time, I, I like what the man. I like the manager. Uh, I don't know him that well, but whenever I speak to him, he's always very open. I think he's incredibly honest and, and balanced about his view of a game and players and situations. Um, not an easy business to, to to be like that in, and he gets a lot of accolades for for good reason at times. But it, you know, it's rare. I haven't seen him coming out too much sort of blending his own um, self into their accolades. I think people talk for him and I think he's pretty balanced in his views about his team and about what he wants. And I respect that. It's not easy to do that when, when you get a lot of good news come your way to stay level about it and to keep your team operating and keep himself operating. So I've got a lot of respect for that. Is this Premier League season proving more than ever, Sean, that you've got to spend? <clears throat> and as you said, sometimes those deals aren't successful, but you've got to keep spending to stay competitive? Um... We, we've probably, you know, the, the challenge that we've had is playing catch-up. I think we, I felt that, the, 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 you know, I, I expressed a, a clear view three or four seasons ago that we needed to invest heavily one summer. Um, and we didn't. The decision was made not to. So then we were kind of just drip feeding in and then the sale of the club came and then there's been a bit more available, but obviously balanced out with the sales of Ben Gibson and a couple of the younger players. Um, and then obviously Woody for different reasons with the clause in his contract put some of that money back in but the, the, the balance looks healthy um, but that's the way this club is it, it was and it is now but with a bit of a, a more open mindset I think that's fair to say and um, with the type of players we're now looking at and some of the finance available so you've got to remember when I talk about this it's appropriate for this football club you know because this football club when I got it was millions of pounds in debt and we were selling players like Charlie Austin and cutting everything well, we don't have to do that anymore. So that, there's, a, you know, there's a massive shift. And when you think of the money that's been put into the structure of the club, the training ground and everything, there's a bigger story to all what's going on now. But the fact is, no one really worries about that, nor should they. I've fanged because that's been done. What they should be looking at is the team and the place in time that we are. And so do I. And that's what I focus on. But I'm well aware of the bigger picture of what we try and do against the norms of the market. Going back to your point about spending, we have our version of it um, against teams who, whether they can afford it or not, often go out and spend quite a lot of money, sometimes fortunes, and play the risk and reward game that you mentioned of, of success and failure with the players they sign. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Sam. Ian Parker. Hi, Sean. Um, just want to pick up on, on one thing that you, you sort of touched on there in terms of the, the mindset, maybe, of the club changing in the transfer market. Um, if we sort of rewind a little bit, it used to be the, not exclusively, but the club operated in the domestic transfer market most of the time. Uh, and we used to talk about how it was perhaps difficult for players to come in and settle and there was no guarantees. Given that the two of the, the biggest recent signings, Maxwell and, and Vekos, have both come in from overseas, have you been pleased with the way that they have immediately settled? And has that changed the thinking at all? Well, the, the biggest talk of the past wasn't about settling or any of that it was the fact that the risk and reward scenario of the outgoing board members was that they didn't really want to take risks on players who might not work so 
the biggest reference point of the player who was most recognised there was Stephen Defoe. But when you think at the time we signed him, he had like 47 Belgian caps. So it wasn't like complete rocket science. You know, Maxwell's a little bit more of a risk or reward scenario. That's where this this board, this new ownership are being more open-minded. Um, felt slightly differently. You know, I would have been a bit more, excuse me, a bit... Um, deeper in his experience um, but I think there's a shift in the mentality of this board compared to the last I'm not neither's particularly right or wrong the last board wanted to safeguard everything for the club um, in many ways there's good value in that and the new board want to open their minds a little bit and stretch the club a little bit I mean you know just walking through the stadium the change inside the stadium the change to the media side the change to the feel you know all of them things but of course whilst not being or being totally aware that on the pitch is the bit that makes it all work um, but there is a more open-mindedness I would suggest to the recruitment idea um, just something that I was trying to work and manage in a different way with the outgoing board compared to the new board. There's a more to be more open-mindedness, so therefore we can be more open-minded about the risk and reward of signing players from afar. And then still, rightly so, as you mentioned, having to help them settle, having to help them sort of get accustomed to what we do, to what the club's about, and that still is a, a point in case. And um, I know you didn't want to let Willie go, and that was a certain circumstance. Um, once that's happened and their course has come in, do you feel like that this, given the different attributes he has, you have a stronger attacking unit now than you did at the start of January? The thing is with the bigger picture of that situation is when, when the clause in his contract's activated, if it wasn't for where we are in the league, there wouldn't have been a, a single voice voiced about it other than it's a very good amount of money for that player. We're bringing a very good player who I think will adapt and consider uh, add to us in, in Vout. Um, so if, if we weren't at the bottom of the league, I think most people would look at that as an incredibly good deal. Um, no disrespect at all, at all intended on either player because Woody was terrific for us, but 25 million for that player was a lot at the time of his contract, his age and everything else. Um, and then bringing Vout in, an experienced player with what we think is real quality, certainly showing that in the early part of his time here, then that actually is a good balance of a situation. It's just that because we're at the bottom of the league, it makes more noise for the risk and reward of one going and one coming in and all the rest of it. So that's that's the, the balanced view of them players. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you very much. Alex James. Hi, Sean. Hiya. Just on um, on on back, what was his, his injury or his needle that he picked up on? He just got a knock, uh, knock on his hip, but it was kind of like, um, uh, rather than a muscle, like uh, hit a nerve kind of thing, which is quite painful. So, But it settled down over the last few days. And I, 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 well, he was out there light training today, but I would expect him to uh, be around it for Saturday. You've spoken about sort of him adapting and, and the physical stats we were sort of speaking about before are, are really good for him. Is, has he been able to come in and is he up to the sort of required speed to play three game weeks now? Because you, you're going to have plenty of them, aren't you, between now and the end of the season. You're sort of confident he's, he's there in terms of Premier League fitness, I guess, as, as you would say. Yeah, he came in really fit, super fit fella. Incredible how he looks over himself, his own routine. Um, been super impressed by that. Um, and like I say, came in with that kind of base fitness level. Um, you know, slightly different with Maxwell in the sense Maxwell came in and he's had an up and down period with injuries and then going across, uh, off to the, uh, the um, AFCON and, you know, all these things, you know what I mean? So it's slightly different. Maxwell, we, we've really pushed hard last week, actually, because we've got to get him to Premier League fitness whilst trying not to break him. Whereas Val looks like he's already up for it. You know, he's, he looks really fit and well um, and maximises his potential, that's for sure, and his physical output. 
Yeah, so you have to manage him a little bit less then in terms of game, 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 game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he came off the other night just because of a knock. You know, he was he was more than happy to crack on. I mean, I asked him because three-game week and he was like, no, 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 I'm I'm fine. You know, and then he got his knock and in then had to come off. But no, he's, he's so far, he's got a very steely mentality to the physical side of the game and, and looks... Um, like he's certainly willing to uh, put the right um, meterage into a performance as well as, you know, his strength in pace and, and um, high-speed run-in and all the stats are very high, very high. You spoke last week um, before the game about having a bit of a, a recheck, I think you said, after the, the Leeds defeat at the start of, of January. And Nick Pope touched on it this morning that there was sort of maybe an open meeting and a, a bit of discussion between coaches and players. That, that seems to have had the desired effect. And is, is that sort of what what you initiated from from your point of view, just a, a general chat on, on where we, we are and where we could be going better? Yeah, I think it's important with a, a group I, I take great value in who they are, what they are and their honesty um, as people, let alone players. And, uh, and I've always been honest and open with them. It's not a one-way street, you know, tell us what you think. And we had a shared view of, of the, a moment in time, but we've done that many other times during the season. We've done it, We've done it. by the way, it's important to reference. I'm sure Pope wouldn't be because you've asked him a direct sort of feeling of now. But we've done that, you know, and we've been flying. We've done that when we, we were going into the Europe uh, season, when we finished seventh. We've done it after um, the pandemic where we were winning games, you know, with hardly any players and we were still winning games. So don't get me wrong, we've done their meetings about locking in what makes us right when we are going well. Um, so it's, there's a balance to that. It's not just if things are not going as well. We, we've done their meetings when things are going well and, you know, we've looked to the positives and then locked in the positives about what we're doing that makes us us and makes us right in what we're doing. Um, and then we have to bring, bring balance out and look at the times when it's not going as well um, but no we've done that many times and sometimes it has a, a bigger effect than others but I think this time I think it shook a shook down the situation for all of us and said right okay let's get back to what we are and I think we have done I think we're we're a goal or two shy away from having you know another two or three points on the board from this run of games and and certainly certainly I think a couple you know and and, and possibly like I say three you know and that that just would give it a different feel the fact is we haven't but the work in progress is right there, right in front of my eyes. So uh, we've got to believe in that and continue to. I just wanted to ask you about Eric Peters as well. Obviously, coming to the side in, in Charlie's absence in, in recent weeks. I know you're not one for sort of waxing lyrical on individuals, but how impressive has he been since coming in, given he's been up against some really high quality opponents on, on that side of the pitch? And it seems from the outside that he's always ready when called upon, which, which sounds very easy, but, but probably isn't. Knows him very well. He's a super fit. He looks after another very professional player. You know, really looks after himself. Um, he's got a desire to be in the team, even when he's not. You know, just because he's he's quiet. It's very professional. Now and again, he'll come and have a word with me, but often he leaves it alone. But that doesn't mean I never underestimate his desire to be in the team. And he's certainly showing his worth at the minute. So I think he's playing very well. And just last one for me. You left obviously left White out last week, and, and Aaron Lennon came in and showed what he can offer you. How, how difficult a selection decision is it around that area of the pitch and perhaps linking to whether you go a flat four and, and two up top in, in J and Barrel or whether you move Max? How, how sort of tricky a call is that for you this week? It is always, you know, that that's, um, especially when you're not scoring because if you're not scoring, you, you're trying to um, just add details, add moments, add players into slots that you think could work, sometimes for you, sometimes adding in the opposition and the thought on them. Um, no, it's... it's it's a tricky and a close call because, I mean, Jay's nicked his goal and, and was, was working hard the other night, but we felt we had to try and change it in the second half to give it a different feel. Um, 
Dwight came on and affected it, was much more direct than he has been lately. Started running at the fullback, which we like about Dwight. I was pleased with that. Um, as is always there, great pro, 400 game in the Premier League, fantastic and, and willing to work, willing to do the team job as well as moments when he finds the ball and, and can deliver. So, yeah, I mean, look, they're all good players. Maxwell, of course, you know, which is his best slot? We're still, you know, he's done quite well at times from the left. He's done well in the, the number 10, so to speak. You know, so these are these are the little conundrums working around a base of a centre forward. Barnes is only just fit, to be fair. Vids is not fit. But now Vouts come in, you know, looks like a good player for us and, and someone we can build off of. So, yeah, I mean, we're still trying to find the perfect uh, scenario. On the other hand, the other day, if we take our chances and we win the game, no one would be even asking the question. They'd be saying that looked pretty good to me.